Hello and welcome to Shuffle Buddies. Hello. I'm Chris Heine. I'm Casey. And welcome back, Casey. So good to be back. <laughs> it's been so long. It has been a little while, but in that time you went to recharge. You've done a lot of stuff in the time that the last time we recorded. I have done a lot of stuff. Yeah, I went to Palm Springs to work remotely because mm -hmm. I was just cold and sad. <laughs> went to Palm Springs and caught some rays and I just worked. And then also my parents were out there for a little bit too. And I met up with them to go to the Indian Wells tennis tournament, wow. which is super fun. So it was like a fancy tennis tournament. It's called the fifth grand slam. So it was very like Rafael Nadal was there. So mm -hmm. uh, it was kind of big time. <laughs> um, and then right when I came back, you, me and Ryan went out for dinner at Spoon and Stable for my birthday. Yeah. So good. My favorite thing is, is like we were celebrating my promotion, uh, your end of year review, <laughs> and then also Ryan, he was like submitted for a nomination for... Oh yeah, for a FWA award. Yeah. yeah. So it was like a good celebration night and I liked it because then we just like ordered whatever we wanted to and I just will always remember that at the end of the night, we ordered four desserts because we just wanted to try them all and it was fantastic <laughs> and I loved it. And then the next day, I met up with some girlfriends to go to a cabin for the weekend where I did crafting. I made a jacket out of a blanket. <laughs> <laughs> we took a pie break, went into Stockholm, Wisconsin to get pies. Very good. And then like last weekend, I went to Chicago with a friend to go see Jawbreaker uh, at House of Blues. It was Jawbreaker, Built to Spill, mm -hmm. and the Smoking Popes. And it was friggin' sweet. <laughs> and then after the show, we went to the Korean spa. <gasps> I had never been to a Korean spa before. <laughs> it was amazing. It's like you get there and they give you like a bracelet. You just like tap the bracelet when you want to buy something. So it's like you get in there, you sign up for like a scrub. And so we didn't get scheduled for our scrub until like two and a half hours later because it was like middle of the day on a Saturday, pretty busy. And so then what you do, you can go into the big common room because the scrubs take place either in the men's locker room or the women's locker room because uh, it's all naked. <laughs> no clothes allowed. It's an important, important detail. Yeah. The wet spa, which is basically like a room of pools and hot tubs and stuff. And then that's where the scrub happens too. Uh, yeah, no clothes allowed. Mm. So I've never done that before, but it was very empowering. I kind of, I kind of loved it. But yeah, so you go into the common space where everybody has like a uniform on. So we're all wearing like the same shorts and big t-shirt that yeah. is issued to you by the spa. And there's a bunch of different like sauna rooms and like there's one like Himalayan salt sauna. There's one that's like an amethyst sauna. There was like a kind of like a sweat one where it was like 220 degrees. There was like a charcoal one. So it was just like soaking in whatever's in the air. It was so good. So that's what I've been up to. <laughs> yeah, that pretty much covers the whole month and a half or whatever. <laughs> oh my gosh. Yeah, I've been up to a lot. And then just like working in there too. So I feel like I've been absent. I feel like I haven't been able to hang out with you much lately. Well, I have been doing similar things in the meantime, although I have been making some time for games and whatnot. But mm -hmm. you've been to a Korean spa too? No, I've been I've been working and relaxing. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Doing those. Two I know you got together. to kind of relax here at home with Evie and play a bunch of Elden Ring. Bunch of Elden Ring, a lot of Elden Ring. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So having adventures there, and I did talk about that on my solo podcast last yeah. last time, I should say. That was so awesome. Did you listen to it? I did. Oh, that's nice. Uh -huh. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah, and having adventures in Elden Ring that continues, and I've made massive progress, but I'm still probably a ways away from finishing it. Good, I'm glad, because I really like being able to sit next to you on the couch and work or just read, mm -hmm. um, and then every now and then you'll be like, oh my god, look at this, and it's just some <laughs> super messed up looking <laughs> thing. thing. <laughs> oh, crap. Yeah, but outside of those adventures... Mm -hmm. And board game adjacent, I've actually been playing some Dungeons and Dragons. Yeah, you started a little group. A tiniest group. And it's been interesting because Dungeons and Dragons, obviously, if you look next to you, is something that I used to um, mm -hmm. put a lot of time into and think about and play often, semi-often. Um, but I haven't in a long time. And I have a friend who recently just like got obsessed with trying to play D&D. Mm -hmm. Does he want his kids to play? Or was um, it just mainly for him? I, it's mainly for him. I yeah. think I, that was also part of the idea is like he wants to be able to run it for his kids too. But 
I, it's, I, I obviously since then have seen that it's, it's like on his mind constantly and it's, it's his <laughs> deal. So, um, yeah. And so I picked up the books and it's been a long time, so I'm really rusty. And, uh, but I was just like, all right, I'll just do a one shot. I won't get too invested in this. And I did it and I was very rusty and it's hard to come back to after a long time, but yeah. I did it. And I thought I was just like, oh, that was probably pretty terrible, but he, he was just like, that was amazing. And he couldn't stop thinking about it. And he kept sending me new characters. And, <laughs> and he's like, I want to be this. I'm, I'm changing my character. I'm going to be this. I'm going to be that. Yeah. And then we played several more times while you were gone. And it's gotten easier and easier. And I was kind of stressed out about it just because it's a big responsibility to be a dungeon master. Yeah. And you're teaching school right now, too. You have a lot And I'm teaching school going on. and big, big overlapping calendars at work and deadlines and, and yeah. things are not... Shipping containers and whatnot are causing havoc all around the world. Mm -hmm. And uh, (laughs) (laughs) just all the regular stuff. We have a dog right now in the background just whining. Oh, he's so sad that we're in this room for some reason. I know the door is open. He should just come in and hang out. We're dog sitting right now. So it's not our normal lineup of just Evie who's laying on the floor. She knows how to chill. But the uh, our guest dog just wants Evie to come play. And he's like, come on. So if you hear whining in the background, if you hear a squeak, hopefully he will. No need to adjust your speakers. (laughs) Yeah. And so anyway, I dove back in and after a couple sessions, um, I was kind of stressed out and I was like, I don't have time to do this and stuff. And, but I decided, you know, I had said I would and, and I did it. And then there was one time, I think it was the last time we played where, Everything kind of just smoothed over and clicked Mm -hmm. and we had the whole session and we were running around and talking to people and and meeting new things and discovering new things and had an entire session with actually like zero combat, zero maps. And I was just like, wow, that was pretty good because they were pretty edge of their seat interested the entire time, even though I was just kind of winging it and making up a lot of stuff, but it it went really well. So I feel like... You know, the more interested they got, the more interested I got. And I'm just like, oh, yeah, Dungeons and Dragons. And we're playing fifth edition. And I'm like, this is a really good system. You can play it really rules light and just kind of wave your hand at a lot of things and be really selective about where you want to actually have like big, chunky tactical moments and where you just want to like have a whole session where you just don't really have any rules. And it's just free flowing narrative times, I guess. So anyway, That's awesome. yeah, I didn't think I'd be playing D&D anytime soon, but yeah. here I am. And, and, uh, yeah, it's enough where I, I kind of am like, I almost want to play D&D. I never get to actually play D&D. I always have to run it. <laughs> oh yeah. You're and, always the, the DM. Yeah. And I, th- I think I'm totally fine with that. But every once in a while, I'm like, I think it would be cool to, to make a sweet character or yeah. to do all of that kind of stuff. Cause I really do like that part of it, but it's not meant to be. And I'm totally cool with that. I I would rather, when I get down to it, when rubber hits the road, I'd rather play board games because I like those like Mm. contained, contained experiences of just being able to play a game and be done with it when it's finished and things like that. But it's kind of refreshing to play some Dungeons and Dragons. Yeah. I'm kind I'm a little, I'm a little jealous because, because we tried to start a D and D group and we made it, uh, the first night of making our characters. <laughs> and I think I was in a bad mood that night, so I didn't start off very good. Yeah. <laughs> but then we never went back to it. And then I hear that you're getting back into it. And I was like, oh, I kind of wanted to do that too. But then I think about all the kind of role-playing-esque board games that we've played. Yeah. And I don't like them. It's true. I don't know how you would feel about it. But I mean, uh, now that you're back, mm-hmm. you are welcome to join in. And I think you should yeah. at least once. Yeah. Just to see what it's like. and. Um, I think I am jealous of the experience. Like I want to be a part of the cool kids <laughs> playing D and D. Yeah, and I think, and so you should totally join us. And yeah. I think it would be really fun. But I I'll also think that part of what is difficult and what I've realized just to let go is like, you know, they were like, "How many people should we get? Should we invite all these people?" And I'm just like, "Don't. Mm-hmm. Just keep it small. It mm-hmm. doesn't matter. You can play D and D with just like two adventures or three adventures. It doesn't need to be a party of five. Mm-hmm. The more people you invite, the more difficult it is to just like get that get focus, get on a roll. Yeah, get everyone together in a in a room together. That's and true. it's just like the more every person you add is one more hurdle of like getting it together. So I was yeah. just like, if you really want to play it, let's just start small, and then people can just come in, and it can be like a TV show where there's like 
a drop-in ensemble friend who's just like, hey, I'm around for this adventure, this little I'll be an chunk. ensemble friend. Yeah. Well, maybe you'll be the permanent yeah. friend too, but it's totally cool. And it doesn't break anything to just have somebody come in and step in. And I so like that. Cool. They have friends that they want to pull in and stuff like just for one or two sessions or whatever. And yeah. Where it's like, maybe there's not people that can dedicate, you know, a night a week or a couple nights a month or something like yeah. that to to guaranteed D&D nights because I know like Tom and he's in multiple D&D yeah, groups that, that's intense yeah that meet I think every week and it's like I love that for him mm-hmm. <laughs> I just don't I can't yeah. even put together a book club or, or like a regular hangout session yeah. with anybody your family has a regular hangout session and I keep I can't even make that work <laughs> <laughs> I try and I always, I keep forgetting every time, like tonight you're like, oh, well we have family game night at six. And I was like, oh my gosh, I forgot about it. And we've been doing it since the pandemic started. Yeah. It's been like two years at least. The now, same time, same day. <laughs> <laughs> and I keep forgetting. That's okay. And these are digital games. So it's like mm-hmm. hard to want to sit at a computer a little bit longer. Yeah. And it's, and it's fun because I love being able to see all the nieces and nephews and, and see your dad. Um, but a lot of times the games are like the same games mm-hmm. over and over again, which is fine. But sometimes I'll work on the side <laughs> and I'll just kind of be there. <laughs> it is fine. But I mean, there is something to be said for, uh, and I think this is something I've been thinking about a lot where people are, you know, people want that game that they can just play like a hundred times sometimes, or people yeah. are like, what about the replayability? And I think there is something to be said for like mixing it up and trying mm-hmm. something new. So I think there's a definite balance between like how many times do you play something before you can just be like, I've played this enough and it's good. Yeah. And there's definitely, there's been obviously ebbs and flows of the games we've played and stuff. Yeah. And I feel like we kind of, like our games kind of find their natural stopping point, like online. Something scared the dogs. <laughs> Cause kind of like we used to do six nymphed sushi go, Mm-hmm. Uh, for sale. Yeah, we used to play those like all the time. Yeah, and now those have fallen off, and they're just kind of like every now and then. Like it's like a sushi go if we have like ten minutes left yep. or something. But you're really good at just like finding games to introduce that are good for the group, and I feel like it keeps it pretty fresh. But I kind of also do like the replayability because sometimes it's just nice to have a game to play and not have to learn how to play it. Yeah, but I'm still like in the mindset of like I'm I I have enough energy and brain space for a game. Yeah, and you've been traveling a lot lately, so we have played a lot of games that we know. Mm-hmm. But we did play one new one. We played a couple new ones, actually, but there's just one I want to talk about. Oh. Do you know what it is? Is it the painting one? It is the painting <gasps> one. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> so we played a new game called Canvas, uh, which is designed by Jeff Chin and Andrew Nerger, published by Road to Infamy Games. Mm. And Canvas was a big Kickstarter that I backed, and it just fulfilled, and it came in. And I had to back it. I feel like I was obligated because obviously I'm an artiste (laughs) and I was like, I got to get this one because it's about putting together paintings or making paintings. Uh Um, And it is a really cool gimmick. And that's why I had to back it. And that is that you are uh, during the game, you basically have some canvases, three canvases, Mm -hmm. and you are collecting uh, elements of paintings from this like tableau of cards and you're buying paintings that have some little graphic element, a few, uh, icons that kind of tell you different properties about it. And then, um, a title. And I guess that's all that they really have. But the real fun of it is you're collecting these cards and the cards themselves are transparent plastic. Mm-hmm. Very good for the environment. <laughs> Transparent <laughs> and plastic. And each one of them was wrapped in plastic. Yeah, each one is wrapped Had in like plastic. Had like that plastic peel off yeah, coating. I know. It does. It hurts my soul slightly, but I was like, what? <laughs> anyway, <laughs> you're collecting these, um, these transparent um, little pieces of art. And when you're ready to score a painting, you take a canvas, which is sleeved in these like tarot sized sleeves, mm-hmm. and you insert three of the transparent slides of the painting and it completes a actual painting like all the elements come together you can see through them and it creates a unique work of art Mm -hmm. Uh, and then the unique work of art also gets a little title which are made up of these kind of um, alternating like titles so it might be like darkness personified or (laughs) (laughs) or you know just all sorts of different like non sequitur words but when you pair them they create Mm -hmm. pithy titles and then the the real game is that there's certain goals at the beginning of the game that, you know, you want paintings that have a certain amount of 
texture in them or you want to have like a certain sets of colors or mm -hmm. things like that. And when you put together these um, paintings, there's different icons at the bottom and the way that you overlap the cards will let some icons show through and some icons will get covered. And each painting basically is worth whatever it is when you slot it and that's locked in and that's how it is. And once everyone mm -hmm. has finished three paintings, you just score them and the highest score wins. It's a very cute novelty game. Yeah. And that's what I was going to ask you. Like, what do you, because we played it twice. Because right after the first play, I was like, okay, I get it. I think I had slotted four cards once. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, I was like, okay, I get this. I want to try again. Uh, and then we played it and I was like, okay, cool. I'm good. I could see myself playing it again. Um, but I wonder, because that kind of light, quick game, mm -hmm. I'd probably rather play Fantasy Realms. But what do you think of the life? line of this or like the uh the, the, lifespan. the lifespan of this card game at our household do you think it's going to be one you give to the nibblings or mm. do you think you're going to hold on to this one it's very it's very possible i mean that is like one of the first things is i i played it i kind of backed it i don't know why i backed it because it, it is you're like, an artist well because i'm an artist <laughs> and because it is such a like fun factor yeah even though fun factor is not like my number one goal when when buying a game, I'm not like, this has the biggest, coolest parts or something. But it's I'm, so unique. Yeah, it's very unique. And, and it's like, you gotta kind of, you just gotta try it. And I think that when I played it, I was like, it's a great little puzzle. And it reminds me of like, Four Gardens. It's mm -hmm. like, just a step below that, I think. Mm. And yeah, like, I wouldn't play it. I wonder, what about um, that super lucky magic number what? super mega lucky box super mega lucky box yeah it's kind of like that i mean ki kind of it's more thinky than that because it is yeah. like there is a little bit of analysis paralysis when you're like judging the market and thinking about like yeah. how you could score it but super mega lucky number super <laughs> make oh god damn it oh you sh shoot sorry <laughs> i already forgot it super super mega lucky box super mega lucky box <laughs> That one you have to think about what, like which number you're going to cross mm -hmm, off mm -hmm. and how you're going to go about things. Like I would rather play, I think I'd rather play that than, yeah. than this game. I would too. I think that's a more lightweight, fun game. Because mm -hmm. this one, it is like once you get into like how the order that you're going to slot these three cards in and which ones are going to get covered and you're like, oh shoot, that covers up that one. I needed that one. Can I do it like this? Mm -hmm. um, it's interesting and it's it's a good little game, but it's just not, it's not like my game. Yeah. Like, I, obviously, I like heavier games and things like that. So it's not something that I would pull out because I'm like, I got to play this. Right. This is what I'm feeling like I'm playing. But it is such a novelty wow factor of just being like, you guys got to check this out. So I feel like it's one of those games that you pull out for new people and you're mm. just like, oh, you've never played check board games out, or whatever. Yeah. Like, it's one you can pretty much show to anybody. Showing off the paintings at the end and, like, and reading the titles and things is a really fun part mm -hmm. of the game. And some people will... Um, you know, make paintings based a little bit more on how they might look or choose things. They're like, this is could maybe score better, but I actually like how this one looks. So I'm just going to go this way. <laughs> um, and so I think that I might keep it around as a novelty to bring out and show, but also yeah. looking around my collection and how many games I have, I'm just like, yeah. So it definitely right now is waffling between the keep and go pile and it comes with an expansion too which i actually don't know what's in the expansion i haven't opened it but it seems like it would just be more of the same just more cards probably more goals more things like that yeah it seems like a really fun game to show people and that's probably what i'll do i'll probably show maybe a few more people and then just probably let it go because i probably won't mm -hmm. um it's probably not one that i'll be like dying to play in two years or something like that right right so speaking of games to show people, so I met up with my parents yesterday mm -hmm. and they brought up the fact that they are just like loving So Clover. <laughs> oh, really? Yeah. They've had like people over to play it, like well, not to play it, but they've had people over and they ended up playing it. Mm -hmm. um, and they wanted to say if there are any other games like that, <laughs> they would love it. So I told them about just one because I was like, we've yeah. played just one because um, that's by the same company. I think it's by the same publisher, yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's in the same size box. So, yeah, <laughs> it's true. I think, I can't remember if we gave him just one, but maybe we just showed it to him. So maybe I'll have to give him just one. But if you can think of any other 
Yeah, I they mean, loved So Clover. And I So think, Clover is like a word puzzly kind of game that we talked about a couple episodes ago. I was going to say, I'm pretty sure we talked about it. But yeah, yeah, it's just like they love the wordiness of it. But like, it's just like you can still hang out and chat. And it's just more of a party game. Yeah, there probably are. But I also do think that just clo- <laughs> that just so... <laughs> Because <laughs> there's so just one and so no, clover. So clover. <laughs> I believe I do think that so clover is top of its game in terms of like mm-hmm. the amount of fun and the amount of approachability in a game yeah. like that. Because I do like I love code names. Um, I love just one and things like that. But yeah. I think that code names is a little thinky and and it doesn't have that party atmosphere because one person is really on the spot or two people are really on yeah. the spot. And you have to have at least four or I guess you could do Codenames Duet. You could do Codenames Duet with two. But yeah. Yeah. But it's also not quite as breezy as right. that. Um, and just one is really fun, but it's just a little bit more basic, I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, yep. So I'm sure I could find more recommendations for them. But I do think that just So Clover <laughs> <laughs> is going to be, you know, it's kind of like when somebody sees, they're like, I'm trying to think of an example. Like, mm-hmm. you know, if you hear the best album ever and you're like what's more music like that and then you tell them similar bands that were like influenced by this amazing band and you're like well this is good but it's kind of like it's not as good as the original um not that so clover is the original but it is really good and i have been having a similar experience where i brought that to work Mm -hmm. for our like we get together we don't we're not in person but we will just have like ketchup lunches everyone (laughs) where we just eat ketchup Where we, <laughs> Where we just eat ketchup. We just mm. love that ketchup. So we just have sucking on packets. Group get togethers over lunch and I'll bring <laughs> so clover and it's been a huge hit too. That's and awesome. It's so easy to play. So nice. Another one I just saw so my brother and his girlfriend bought a house, which is very exciting. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's a little bit of a fixer-upper, but whenever I see uh, his girlfriend post pictures on Instagram of them in the house, it's it looks so good. It makes me really happy to see. But I saw one where they had uh, another couple over, and they were playing Azul. Oh. And that made me really happy, because I think we gave that to them for Christmas. Oh, that's awesome. A couple of years ago. Maybe last year or the year before. I can't yes. remember. There's nothing better than seeing people actually play a game that you gave as a gift. Right. Instead of letting it go to... I mean... It made me so happy. Throwing it to Goodwill or something is better than just never playing it. Than just and letting it, letting sit, it yeah. sit in your house, too. So I'm like, yeah. And so that means that Azul made the cut. Yeah. It's a big deal. It is a big deal. Oh, we're so good at gifting games. <laughs> so they are fixing up their new home. Yep. And having prestigious friends over. <laughs> <laughs> totally. Uh-huh. Prestigious friends. Does that remind oh, you of anything? Oh, yes. I see. I see. <laughs> I see what you're doing. Is yeah. this our segue? I think that we should probably talk about hosting our... Hosting activities. Oh, yeah. we Hosting activities at their new planning out stately <laughs> regal parties. Uh, I think we should probably move into our featured game of the month week episode. I, episode. <laughs> uh, and that is Obsession. Obsession. I have recorded a little uh, intro to how to explain how to play for our listening friends. And oh, yeah. let's meet back on the other side and discuss. That sounds good. All right, let's talk about how to play Obsession. This is designed by Dan Halligan with art by Dan Halligan and published by Keontae Games. In Obsession, you play as the head of a respected but troubled family estate in Victorian England. During the game, you're going to attempt to regain your faded glory by building new features to your growing estate, gaining new and powerful friends, and attempting to win the hand of one of the prestigious Fairchild siblings. Mm-hmm. The game itself is divided into four courtship seasons, each divided into several turns. On a player's turn, they're going to choose an activity to host from their estate. And these are a tableau of tiles below your estate board that consists of things like afternoon tea, a friendly debate, or admiring the garden. The activity will specify how many people can attend, which are chosen from your hand of available cards. Once you've chosen your activity and invited your guests, it's time to provide service. You have an available staff of things like butlers, housekeepers, and footmen, and these employees are required to host these activities, and in some cases must be provided to the people who come to the activities as well, especially when they're more prestigious. 
For instance, bowling on the lawn would require a footman to host the event, and a certain gentleman might require a valet to attend, and another lady might require a lady's maid in order to attend. If you don't have the staff to service all of these things, then you're going to have to choose something else. One thing I also want to note right here is that your family has a reputation level that grows throughout the game, and you can only host events and invite guests who are at or below your current reputation level. This is an easy rule for new players to overlook, so I just wanted to call a special attention to it here. That all said, once the activity is set, the attendees are invited, and the service is assigned, you gain favors from the tiles and cards involved in the activity. This usually takes the form of money, reputation, and new guests you get to add to your hand. After all the favors are gained, it's the end of your turn, and you get to buy a single new estate tile from the shared builder's market. The tile purchase will be added to your player estate and can be chosen as an activity in coming rounds. After several normal turns, it will be time for a courtship round. Everyone at the table is competing for the attention of the Fairchild siblings, and each season they will favor a certain type of estate tile. Whoever has the most points in the favored type that season will gain a victory point card, and more importantly, one of the valuable Fairchild cards will be added to that player's deck for the following season. After four seasons, players will add up the victory points they collected from a variety of places like tiles they've added to their estate, guests they've added to their deck, completed goals from objective cards collected during the game, their final reputation level, the number of employees they employ, victory points from successful courtships, and the amount of wealth they have remaining. The player with the most victory points has become the most influential family and wins the game. And that is a rough overview of how to play Obsession. Those are some great rules. Well, actually, were they great rules? Well, we'll get to that in a minute. Let's not start with there. <laughs> so I think right off the bat, the theme is hosting parties, mm-hmm. inviting guests. Yeah, at like your British estate. At your, yep, Victorian estate. Yeah. And what do you think of the theme in in relation to the game in general? Yeah, I've been watching, of course, a lot of Downton Abbey mm-hmm. and Bridgerton mm-hmm. and the Gilded Age. Okay. All in preparation for this. <laughs> okay. For no other reason but to get ready for this game. Mm-hmm. Enjoyment means nothing. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Just kidding. I like those shows. I watched them for myself. But... From what I've learned from those TV shows, this game is spot on. Mm -hmm. (laughs) (laughs) No, I really like it because I always forget that we we haven't reviewed this yet. We've reviewed Rococo, Mm -hmm. which was like the ball. Yes. Like getting people ready for the ball, like Mm -hmm. dressing them. Right. And so like the thing that I really like about Obsession is that it focuses on the servants of the estate. Mm -hmm. So it is very much like Downton Abbey. You are hosting activities, which feels very Bridgerton, because I think Bridgerton is all about the activities, because it's all about courting. (laughs) Yeah. And so there's all these different events that you go to, like the little mallet and the ball. Croquet. They have croquet. Mm -hmm. They, uh, oh my gosh, they basically just like walk around the lake. Oh gosh, it's like a fancy stroll. Um, Promenade. (laughs) Promenade. Is it? Yeah, it totally is. (laughs) And then they have all these balls. I just really liked it. I thought it was super thematic. (laughs) I agree. I think the theme is really, really comes through and actually helps you play the game. Yeah. Because it all, especially if you're familiar with this um, kind of pageantry and servants class and all these kind of things it just makes sense that like it's a it's a pretty procedural game with like you assign the activity and then you assign the people and then you assign the service to the people it all kind of does make sense and there's enough thematic flavor that yeah it's not that hard to remember it because you're just like oh well, i'm hosting a tea party of course i need it tells you i need to bring two ladies here's two ladies yep they need these people and of course somebody has to serve the tea and all of these mechanisms come together but they're they you don't have to really remember them because they just flow a little bit because of how yeah. the thematic paint is applied yeah i really like the americans that attend your parties that like funny. they yeah, i know <laughs> They will give you good money rewards, like monetary rewards, but they decrease your reputation. And I like the one that you said last night because we played with like the expansion mm-hmm. um, and the cook was involved and my family had a really good cook. Yeah. And basically the cook allowed you to host uh, an activity that was one higher than your reputation and also then invite 
guests that were too higher than your reputation because mm-hmm. even if you're not like super reputable but you have a super good cook people <laughs> will still come to your parties because they're like oh i gotta go check they'll, out this cook slum it a little <laughs> bit yeah like just stuff like that i think is so funny i just love the americans though they're just so trashy yeah <laughs> but they have so much money <laughs> yeah it is a really fun game and i think if you're into that theme and even if you're not because you you know mm-hmm. i think we wanted to play this because you were watching all of these shows and and yeah. you were a little bit into that and i'm like oh we should really play that game even though i'm going to say it right here i know that this is victorian some of those are edwardian oh yeah they're different eras don't add us but yeah don't <laughs> add us they're still uh high class and servants class people existing yep. together in situations like that so I think and there's hierarchy in the servant class and there's a hierarchy in the gentry yeah so it, it it's all just very, it all lines up yeah and i love the round tracker mm-hmm. of taking steps there's like the village fair and then like the national holiday and the builder's holiday and then there's courtship and i just i really enjoy it because it really did like that part especially just totally reminded me of of bridgerton <laughs> of all of the people just like their basic like their dance cards and stuff and, yeah and so and i didn't explain, i didn't explain all of that in the intro i did explain courtship a little bit yeah but what you're referring to with like the village fair and the builders market and the national holiday is that every few rounds there's like a special event yeah. where you basically yeah. get to invite anyone to your party or you get extra money and reputation and mm-hmm. those do feel like little bottle episodes from like one of those uh, shows. There's just like little moments during the year that are just like special little moments. And yeah, then, yeah. yeah. Like like I said, the courtship season happens every season, and then mm-hmm. um, and then you just move on. Another thing I really like is that your service people need to be rotated. They need like rest. So yeah. once they perform a service, they're kind of out of commission for a whole turn. It's just a interesting thing to take account of and you're kind of managing your workers. It almost feels like you're managing the house yeah. that's putting on these events instead of being a part of the parties as much. Oh, totally. Yeah. It's not because it's like I don't ever really think about the guests are always like secondary because mm-hmm. it's basically I just need to make sure that I have the correct service people to host the activity and then to accommodate the guests that I need to attend the activity. So it's yeah. like sometimes I look at it, I'm like, I never think of like, oh, I don't have the right guests for this. For the most part, I'm like, oh, I don't have the right amount of service people to attend to the guests that I need that for this activity. <laughs> yeah. Um, sometimes it's like there's those cards that you can only host ladies or gentlemen or one gentleman and a lady. Mm-hmm. And then I will not have the correct guest for it. But I feel like that's so rare that I just never deal with that. It's mainly I don't have enough valets to host the men or enough ladies maids to host all the ladies. ladies. That's kind of what I think about. And similar to that, I didn't mention this in the overview either, but you play these cards and these guests and every once in a while you have to do a passing round and you will pick up all of your cards. Basically a refresh. Yeah, Yeah. It's a refresh. Um, and that is something that you have to do as your entire action mm-hmm. yeah. for that round. And yep. you skip everything, including if there was any village fairs or anything like there's that. Any you don't fun get, stuff if there's going any on. fun stuff happening that round, you have to, you don't get to be a part of, you it. don't get to be a part of it, which I think is where I think that I like this game the most. I think that this game is the most interesting in that what I really feel like it is, it's managing all these systems, because there's a lot of different systems going on. There's kind of deck building or hand management. I'm not sure which one I would really call it. Yeah. It's kind of building a deck and managing a hand. You're not going through a deck like a deck builder, but you're managing this hand. Yeah. You're building this tableau of possible actions you can use. Um, and one thing that's interesting about that is when you, whenever you use an action, you flip it to its use side and it becomes usually a little bit worse, sometimes a little bit better, but... The action itself that's on the activity becomes worse, but usually you get more point. It's usually more valuable. It's, yeah, it's worth more valuable in your estate. But yeah, Um, like the tennis courts, I think, is like on one, the the first side, it gives you $300, and then on the second side, it gives you $200. Yeah, so there's sort of diminishing returns, so you want to keep building your tableau so you can do new actions instead of reusing the same ones. Right, And then there's kind of a worker placement... Um, action selection thing going on with those workers and everything too. So it's all of these mechanisms that are really familiar and none of them are like really tricky or um, overly clever or anything Mm -hmm. like that. But it's the timing of all of them coming together that makes it really hard 
not really hard. That makes it really interesting um, and can make it really hard when you are getting ready for that big national holiday and you didn't plan well enough and all of a sudden your entire staff is expended and you're like, oh no, it's national holiday. I can invite and do anything I want and I don't have any staff on hand. Or You are speaking from experience. uh, Well, yeah. And (laughs) one of the most painful is, like I said, you have to pass every once in a while. And I kept getting to the village fairs Mm -hmm. without any guests left to invite. And like village fair... You don't have to do anything except just participate yeah. in that round and you get your 200 or $300 mm. and your two points of reputation. Yeah. I missed it all but one time. Mm. And I was just like, this is the worst planning on my part. And I kept <laughs> doing it. Um, and so I think that there's the game is really interesting and just like making sure your guests are ready to invite, making sure that the tiles you want to buy are on the market and ready to buy Mm -hmm. and making sure your staff is ready and making sure your reputation is at a level where you can actually have these events or host these activities. Yeah. And have money to buy the tiles that you want to buy. Yeah. And it's, yeah. What, what kind of round are you going to have? Are you going to have a round that gets you a lot of reputation and not a lot of money? Or is it going to be a round that gets you a lot of money and maybe you lose reputation? Or is it going to be a round where you get a little bit of money, a little bit of reputation? Mm-hmm. So it's kind of like, what what is the important thing for you? You know, because yeah. then the last game that we played, we both, I think, went in hard on reputation. And then we both maxed out. And then we're just like, well, I don't need any of these cards that benefit, that give me reputation. It's yeah. like, I need some money right now. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, yeah, it's kind of... There's a lot of balancing kind of, that goes on, a lot of mm-hmm. management. Yeah. And and with that management, I do feel like in a few ways, this game is a little bit on the fiddly side mm. where um, there's, a few, there's a few things that are really easy to forget, especially like the reputation of the guests you're bringing or the events you're hosting. Oh, um, yeah. It's easy to just, if you're not paying attention, to just is, be like, I'm going to put this one down. Um, you can buy things off the market that are above your reputation, but you can't use them until you're at that reputation. Right. That can be really tricky. It does have, I wish the the font on <sighs> the board is really hard to read. Yeah. <laughs> it's I can't, I don't know what font that is, but it is like kind of bolded. It's very scripty. Smushy. Yeah. But it's like, it's like a hard, it's not like a flowy script. It's like a harsh angular script it's a little bit hard to read so it's like i never read the round actions yeah does it tell you to check to make sure that it does not your people okay it does not and and it's just kind of something that you have to there are moments in this game that rely on the person playing just to know that they need to check for things Yes. And it's easy to, I'm paying attention and I'm trying to pay attention to what other people are doing, but it's easy to just like have a round where you accidentally play an event that's too high or a uh, person that's too high for you. And that can be a huge deal because those are really powerful and you kind of need to build up to them. That being said, I think my biggest criticism of the game, and I was going to talk about this later, but you just mentioned the font on the board, Mm -hmm. is just the rule book and the presentation of the rules Mm -hmm. and the rules references and all of those things. Um, I think the presentation of the game itself is pretty nice. Um, I like all the family boxes. Yeah. Like each family has their own little starting box. Yeah. And it's like there's three levels that I consider this production. There's like the production, which is phenomenal, which has like paper wrapped small boxes that that hold all the materials. You can just hand them out, which are very expensive. Like those are mm-hmm. one of the most expensive things in like packaging to make. So I'm sure that was expensive to yeah, put this box they're together. They're so nice. Oh, yeah. I love them. <laughs> they're very handy for just setting up and going. Yep. There's like the tiles and the board and everything like that, which are nice. They're big, chunky tiles. Mm-hmm. And the artwork is for the most part like functional and, and pretty nice. It kind of has that regal flair to it Mm -hmm. it's kind of a frumpy looking because the colors are kind of muted and stuff like that yeah um i and then i don't mind it though i don't mind it but i mean i'm just i'm not like this is a beautiful like i'm not like this is gorgeous or anything like that the boxes are gorgeous it's really funny how beautiful those boxes are yeah because they're kind of like the nicest part and they're really just to like hand out pieces to people at the beginning of the game Mm -hmm. and the cards are really nice too where they have like this historic photography which i think adds a lot of character and it's a good way to like has some sort of like art filter on top of it to kind of <laughs> not blur it but just kind of give them all the same appearance yeah mm-hmm. yeah because they're definitely them. different types of photos that yeah. are trying to be made to look similar 
And I think that all that stuff is is pretty good to very good. Yeah, and I like the stories. They have a little mm-hmm. bio for each person. So it's like the theme, the bio of the person kind of plays into the rewards that you mm-hmm. can get for it or the points too. Yeah. And so, yeah, if the first tier was the like the boxes and that production, then the presentation is is nice. Mm-hmm. And then the informational presentation of the rules and things Yeah, is uh, you saw me... S- struggling and I read yeah. rule books all the time and I teach games all the time. And like the rule book is just not very helpful for actually like learning and playing the game and referencing it during the game. Yeah. It kind of, and it sounds like it kind of presents items that you need to know about in weird, in a weird order when it's yes. like introducing the game to you, it kind of tells you pieces of rules that you need to know. And it's like, it's, only on that very first page when it's like introducing the game mm-hmm. to you. It doesn't have it in the actual like rule section. Right. Yeah. Like, and, and there's no like sequential breakdown of the entire flow of hmm. everything that happens. Mm-hmm. And for instance, and, and this could just be, I couldn't find it, but like, I was like, when do you reveal that courtship card? It doesn't happen in setup. There, the only thing I could find about revealing, and when I say courtship card, I mean the card that is the... The color. The color that, yeah, it's the preference of the estate tile that the Fairchild siblings are interested in. Yeah. I could find the variance. The variance part was easy to find, but the actual rule of when it happens in the flow of a turn was really difficult to find. And I'm still not convinced it's even between this like rule book and a rules reference, both are which are like 16, 20, 28 pages or something. Mm-hmm. Um I just was always at a loss of where I should be looking for this information. And I think part of that is out of the same like love that these cards, when you're talking about all the flavor texts and things that they have that do add flavor, mm-hmm. I think the rule book is like indulgent and wordy in the same level of flavor. And and I realized this as oh, I kept going back. Yeah. I would like start to read a rule and I would read two paragraphs that was explaining the flavor of the rule before it would get to the actual rule itself. And Mm -hmm. I'm like, just tell me the rule. Like, it's not that hard to assign the theme. The theme is pretty surface level. Like it's pretty easy to find. So like, I just got really frustrated with that. Yeah. Um, And one thing that I wanted was on that player board, it has a turn reference that you couldn't read very well. So you kind of ignored it. I did make sure to always like read it out loud and say it. So we would remember to like refresh your servants before you do certain things because the order does matter. Right. But it doesn't say things like, it says like assign your people, but it doesn't say check for reputation levels. Mm -hmm. Just a few small reminders. And I feel like a player aid that gets you halfway there, but misses a few of the key rules. Like it would just be so easy to add a little sentence um, here and there. Yeah, and, maybe we can make our own little round card. Yeah, well, I did find some, and, and there's there's a like cottage reference. industry of people doing it on board oh, game nice. for this game, believe <laughs> me. So um, maybe I'll link to a couple of my favorite ones because mm-hmm. eventually I was just like so sick of it. And I'm like, why is all of this information about the context of the theme in the here when really I just want the super straightforward, here's how to play so you don't miss anything? Yeah. Because I kept missing things, and I'm oh yeah, because I, I board game genius. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's true. I don't think there was a game this... where we didn't f- something up. Yeah, yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Totally. And usually, I mean, like even in other games, like our first game usually has an asterisk next to it because we're just like, oh, we missed that, mm-hmm. or even maybe the second game, but we start to figure it out. But this game, we did screw up probably every single game yeah and it was just little things that should have been easy to find but yeah i do remember the one that really was frustrating was um we're supposed to discard an objective card every courtship round we kept i kept forgetting uh, you kept forgetting we both kept forgetting it (laughs) and then the last one i think i just kept forgetting it and that's another rule where i'm just like or if you're going to explain the courtship phase just have that be one pip along you know like check the levels award the victory point card award, you know, choose which of the two siblings you want, discard an objective card. And I I feel like Mm, there's no mm -hmm. just like breakdown of when something like that happens. It kind of says it, but it it says it when you're reading about other things. Yeah. Or just have a little icon on the tracker board of just like the objective cards, you know, minus objective card. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Just like an icon indicator that's just like, hey, 
This happens also during the courtship round. Yeah. So anyway, I feel like you mentioning the, that summary just kind of flipped a nerve in me where I just flashed back to You're all these like, times. I'm and I'm like, we're playing a it. game and having a good time. We've got music on and wine flowing or Ooh, whatever. Yeah, we did have music on <laughs> also, by the way. It was the Bridgerton soundtrack. Yes. So it, was like, <laughs> it was very good. Uh, yeah. Pop music redone chamber orchestra style way. Yep. It was very thematic, but you know, you would have a, a thing and I'd just try to be looking at it and I'd be juggling like two or three rule books. Yeah. And I'm just like, you had like a reference rule book and then like the rule book or what? Mm-hmm. I don't even know. And then I would just be like, you know what? I'm just going to th- do it this way for now and we'll figure it out later. And mm-hmm. um, so that kept happening a couple of times, but that was just a moment that you just reminded me of when yep. you said that. <laughs> so, um, yeah. a nerve. speaking of another moment, yeah, I'm curious of how you feel your luck determines how your game goes in this game like um, do you feel like you sometimes get a good game and a bad game and it's just up to luck or do you feel like it's your skill and your mistakes that kind of because you've had games where you've been singing and you've had yeah. games where you've been cursing yeah you know and, and i have had games where i've been cursing and then i ended up winning mm-hmm. um and ended up doing pretty well but it yeah. didn't feel like i was doing well so i feel like luck plays a part in it but it's also the swing doesn't seem to be that great. There were times where you just got lucky and every time you were the first player that you got to go first, like a monument came out and you were lucky and you had money to buy it. And it's just like, I never, like their last game, like I didn't have any monuments. I I was able to buy one monument. And so that was a big deal because you had like four monuments and you got rewarded for your monuments. I had one. Yeah. And those are just like big chunks of victory Mm -hmm. points at the end. And then I kept drawing negative cards like the uh, the trashy Americans that just that are worth negative negative points. Yeah. Um, So I lost points for that and I had to spend a couple of actions getting rid of those cards. So, I mean, there is a little bit of luck involved with the draw, but I feel like the swing isn't that big it's not that bad and so it's kind of like you know what i would get some pretty crappy draws but then i would do some good stuff with what i had and i ended up winning even Mm. though i felt very unlucky yeah and but yesterday i did feel very unlucky and i did lose but i still feel like i had a pretty okay showing yeah um we were close but it was a we weren't that close (laughs) it was like 30 points but it was the expansion so it was a lot bigger yeah, yesterday I just felt like I liked it. I liked the expansion, but I just did feel very unlucky yesterday. Mm-hmm. Um, and I mean, I had had a couple beers at dinner, so I probably wasn't at the top of my game. Well, I didn't have any <laughs> beers at dinner, but I, I do feel like if you get good guest cards that work together, mm-hmm. it can just kind of snowball and you're, you know, you're kind of yeah. like getting and there's sort of a balance of getting more guests either. because there's that passing round. And I've had games where I've been able to only pass once or maybe not even pass at all because I'm just riding a wave of new guests and every guest who come is new and good and playable. Yeah. Um, and there's not, I'm not getting a lot of like the negative ones that are costing me reputation and things like that. And so I do feel like there's just games where I'm feeling like I just lucked into getting a really good set of guests who are able to churn out more guests and more points and more all sorts of things. And then there's games where I'm just not mm-hmm. having as much luck with that. Uh, you mentioned the expansion, and I think that actually goes a long way into making me feel... I like I like what the expansion adds in, in terms of making me feel like I have more control a little bit. Mm-hmm. And the expansion, what it adds is new servants, mm-hmm. um, a few different types of new servants, And one of the most important things that I think it adds and what I really like about it is that it changes the passing action a little bit. Yeah. And it allows you to hire new servants during the passing action. Yeah. Instead of refreshing the market or getting $200. Yeah. And which that was nice. I did that a bunch. Doing the $200? No, the hiring people. Oh, yeah. No, it's a game Because then I didn't have to spend an action. Yeah. It's a game changer in terms of getting all these servants into your house who can actually service all the people, keeping your engine going of new guests coming in and always having enough to do that. And it was the same hiring action. It wasn't like a watered down version of hiring. It was Mm -hmm. still just like hire two people. Yeah. 
And the new people you get also help you mitigate that luck a little bit where one of them lets you play a higher reputation people, which is helpful if you keep drawing people that are too high reputation for you to actually Mm -hmm. use. Another one... um, the useful man. Yeah, the useful man <laughs> allows you to do a lot of different things. He's very useful. The best thing he did for me was I could place him on the village fair and mm-hmm. get 200 more dollars. So I'd get 500 bucks. I think the best thing that I used him for was using him throughout for the game for the rest of his purposes. But then also right at the end, I needed one estate tile to complete an objective that was worth 17 points. In the last turn, yeah. I just got rid of him and got that tile, and I would have never gotten it otherwise. And that helped mitigate that randomness of like you have these objective that is cards so that true. reward things. I totally things. forgot that that was. I think that was another. That was something that I think hurt me a little bit last night was because I still I just was having a hard time remembering what all those folks did. Mm -hmm. And so I didn't use them to the best of their abilities. I think I missed out on that. They are a little bit tricky. And the expansion does add a lot that you have to keep track of. Mm -hmm. Um, The good thing is I like the expansion just for the fact that it makes passing more of a a appealing option. I also like that it adds variety, obviously, and it adds some new fun estate tiles. It does add those new people, and those new people give you more options. Mm-hmm. But they're all the newest people kind of just like rev your engine a little bit where they give you a little bit more money, or they help you screen your guests so you don't have to always just take a blind draw. You get to pick two, which I think is which huge. Which I kept forgetting. Well, that's the thing. Which would have been so nice because then maybe I wouldn't have gotten all these negative people. That's true. But I just kept forgetting to do it. Ugh. So they add ways to make your game more efficient and mitigate that yeah. luck. You just got to remember how to use them. But also you could play the expansion and never hire them yes. and just be like, I'm just going to use the ones who are in the base game. There's I know no that's what I should I have these. done because <laughs> it was like late for me yeah. <laughs> and I'd had a couple beers and I probably wasn't at the, the height of my power and I should have just kept it simple. There's a lot of little things to keep track of. And I think fun. that's why it's an interesting game because it provides that theme and provides that fun, but it I... also provides the thinkiness that... Yeah, I'm looking for. In yeah, the game. I honestly, I really like this game. We've been playing it the last couple of nights when you've had nights off, and we just kept it on the kitchen table. It is just such a nice, smooth game. Mm-hmm. It just feels super smooth, even when it's stressful. Like if I can't figure out how to make something work, like it's still contained. Like I still there's a, there is a limited number of options. Yeah, there's a lot of things you can do, but there's a limit to them, and so I feel like even when I I'm like, I'm running through all the different scenarios. It, it There are times where maybe I'll take a couple of minutes on my turn to think about them all. Mm-hmm. It's like, there is an answer. Yeah. And it's either I can make something work or I can't make something work. And then I just have to pass. Even when it's stressful, I feel like it's still smooth. Every single time, minus a couple of times when you just forgot something. Yeah. But for the most part, you were just like... Or and me too, all the time where I was like, oh no, bad things would happen. Mm-hmm. I would also be like, that was my, my fault. That yeah. was on me. Mm-hmm. I didn't plan this right. And so the the turns themselves actually almost feel like there's not a lot happening because you're yeah. just like choosing one of your estate tiles and then a couple people yeah. go through them and then buying one tile. And and it really is like about that long-term strategy or, or slightly long-term, a couple turns ahead. and Thinking like, ahead of like, just like, okay, well, if I use a butler to play this activity card, I won't have him for next turn. Will I play an activity card with a footman? And if I do that, do I have enough ladies' maids or valets to mm-hmm. host the fancy people? Or do I have enough like family members or gentry that don't require attendance. Yeah. You know, like kind of thinking that far out and then being like, okay, if I play this person, they're going to get me a new person. Yeah. Like just thinking of what you're going to play next and if you're going to be able to play that next. Mm -hmm. And so I think surface level, it felt a little light almost even, but then it really isn't. It's just like you have to really think ahead and not get yourself into those turns where you're just like, crap, Where you can't. I don't have the staff on hand. I don't have the friends to invite. Yeah. Um, And I think with our experience, because like even now, like I am not, you know, as nearly as experienced as you, but I think in terms of casual gamers, I have a lot of knowledge Mm -hmm. now about like, especially game mechanisms. And so it's like, I understand how games work now, Yeah. but this one does have a lot of mechanisms. There's a lot to think about, but it doesn't feel like it. Yeah. It almost feels like it doesn't until you step back and say, oh, wait, actually, here's all the ramifications of what I'm choosing for what seems like a really simple action Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and being smooth. I also think it's, 
like you, you mentioned you had some thinky turns, but it's not, I can see how it could be a long game, mm-hmm. but like that game we played last night where it was a little bit later and we, I, I had played the expansion a couple times myself, but I introduced it to you for the first time. Yeah. That game was still just a few minutes over 90 minutes and that's pretty quick. I feel like that might even be, I think that we were just in a flow cause we have played it a couple nights in a row. Yeah. Um, and then I played a I solo game today. Flow. And the solo game took me 45 minutes. Oh, yeah, that was fast. And both of those games were playing with the expansion and with the extended round track, which is mm-hmm. the longer game. Yeah. I think if somebody if somebody who wasn't as familiar with games picked this game up using the rule book and with all the decisions, it would take yeah. forever. Like, it would yeah. take a while. But if somebody really invests in learning it and knowing it, it can become a really quick game. Oh, my gosh. I watched a lot of content for this because I really did struggle a little bit with the rule books and stuff. (laughs) Yeah. And I'm just lucky that I get to reap the benefits of all of your work and learning. You like you figure it out and you kind of tell me what's up. So it makes every game seem a whole lot easier to me because part of board games are learning how to play them, Mm -hmm. you know, and you can't forget that 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 is. For me, though, a lot of times I don't have to deal with that and I just get to play the game. And so it always feels probably a lot easier for me because the difficulty of learning the game is not a part of it. Yeah. And I always forget that. <laughs> yeah. Because that's a big chunk of it is like it's not just how hard is it to play the game? How hard is it to learn how to play the game? The good news is it. that even though this was a little bit tricky to learn, the game also reinforces everything through its theme and it, it makes it easier. So Yeah, because I feel like it's one of those games when you were first teaching it to me, I probably had that look on my face <laughs> where I was just like, what the fuck? I don't know if you did, though. You, I think you were into it right away and you're just like, oh, I need two ladies for tea or whatever. And oh, like I mean, a little probably, bit. <laughs> maybe, maybe, because maybe it did just make a lot of sense because I was like right at the height of watching a lot of Downton. Yeah. I was like, oh, this, oh, I totally understand this. Yeah. So I think that's a lot of what we have to think about this game, probably. Um, Like I said, it has a solo mode that I played this morning. I had played it several times the last time I had the game pulled out. Um, And I played it and it was really smooth. It's it's so smooth and fast, I guess, that I was impressed because I kind of felt like I was done. Like we had played it a few times and I'm like, I'm probably good on Obsession for a little while. Mm -hmm. And then I was like, well, I'm just going to play the solo mode because, you know, you were reading a book this morning and it was still out on the table. And I before I put it away, I was like, I'm just going to play one more time. And I played it and I was like, I actually almost prefer it solo, not just because it it was so easy. And like um, the turns flew by and because your turns are so short, sometimes you're like, okay, I'm done and I'm ready to do my next thing, but I have to wait for the other person to do it. And this one, you would roll one dice, remove one tile from the market, and then it was my turn again. Mm. So it was just like a nonstop taking turns which oh, obviously interesting that makes sense because i guess there really isn't a whole lot of interaction yeah the only thing that it's it, just the the tiles it's very much just the tiles and then you can play on like i don't know 12 different ai versions mm-hmm. and they all just have like during round one courtships they have this many green tiles or something like that so it tells you like the score they would have in round one two three and four for the courtships and that's it. So all you have to do is remove a tile every round and that's yeah. all the AI is. That's pretty um, nice. I like that. Yeah. Yeah. This is a game where it's like, I would play it tonight if we had it set up, like if we weren't already doing family <laughs> game night where it's just like, I just feel like we're in the swing of it now. And it's one of those comfort games yeah. where it's just like, I can play it without thinking about like, Oh crap, what am I getting into? And it's a game that it takes like an hour, an hour and a half. At least, yeah, an hour but and a half. But it flies probably. by. Like, because mm-hmm. we started like 9, 9.30 last night. And then I look up and it was 11. And I was like, holy crap, I didn't realize it was that late. Mm-hmm. That's late for but me. But we had played through the whole game, yeah. which is pretty good. With the extended But side. it goes by so fast. Yeah. Like, it just like, it just surprises me because I just like never look at the clock when I'm playing <laughs> it. And yeah. I, when I look up and see what time it is, I'm like, oh my gosh, we've been playing this for like an hour and a half. It doesn't feel like it. Mm-hmm. It's not like my favorite game, Mm -hmm. but I think it holds a special spot in that it is a solid, pretty chunky midweight Euro that's just like really thematic and that it doesn't feel like a math problem, Mm -hmm. even though there is a lot of math in some of the courtships and final scoring. (laughs) That is true, but... It's like one of the few games where I have to get out a calculator to figure out my totals that I'm going to add into the scoring pad. (laughs) But, but I like just get it. a lot of tiles. Yeah, I like it. It's just like a nice, cozy game. And we'll listen to the Bridgerton soundtrack whenever we play it now. And it's just, I'm yeah. a fan. I'm a fan too. I think that it will stay on my shelf probably forever. 
Yeah. I might not want to play it all the time, but I'm going to have those days where I want to come back to it and mm. and I will. Yeah. Well, that is Obsession. Obsession by Obsession. Klein. <laughs> <laughs> Do you want to tell people where they can find us on the internet? So Twitter is shuffle underscore buddies. Instagram is shuffle underscore buddies underscore pod. Our website that contains all of this information is shufflebuddies.com. Mm-hmm. And then you can find us streaming anywhere. Yep. And then you know all the board game geek stuff. We oh, are. No, what's our guild number? And do you know what our new guild number is? It's been a while. I feel like you're going to say it. 6837. No, you're more off than last time. Oh, but... crap. <laughs> but you're not that far off. God, we are. Dang it. Boardgamegeek.com slash guild slash 3836. Oh no, I was totally thinking more along those lines of starting with a three. I saw you say it. You were like... And then I was like, no, I don't think that's right. I think that's what I said last time and that's not right. 3836. 3836. Oh my gosh, I think that's what I was going to say. 3836. Yes. So you can go there, say hi to us on the forums. Board Game Geek. With that, let's shuffle to the... Let's foxtrot away. Foxtrot away. Foxtrot, 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 foxtrot. You can say it a lot faster than I can. It's hard to say.